stations. If you weren't here and you want to get a, get a copy of the CD, just go by the sound booth on the way out th- this morning and sign up there. Oh, let me say this, too, because I noticed there's a lot of new people here. If you didn't get a visitor pack, we want to give you a visitor pack. It has some information in there about the church. It has a little uh, form for you to fill out. I think the forms are in there. I'm not sure. If you Raise your hand if you didn't get a visitor pack and you'd like one. There's some uh, materials in there as well. And uh, if anybody wants one. And there's a pen. I believe there's a pen in there as well, a Maranatha pen. And do we still have some bumper stickers in the bookstore? They're free. We want to see them on everybody's car. People say, well, who's that? Maranatha. And uh, anyway, who doesn't know what Maranatha means? I'll tell you real quick. It means our Lord comes. He's coming. That's, and it's just a great conversation starter. So we just, that's why we did that. Amen. <laughs> but, um, okay. And there's another farm out there on the little table in front of the bookstore. Shop our bookstore, too. We had a lot of books, great book, great teaching books and everything out there. But there's a little table out there in front of the bookstore that has a farm, an information farm. And just, we, if you want to be on our email list, uh, where you get updates of, People that are coming and things. And by the way, uh, Scott Stripling, the archaeologist, is coming March the 31st. Right after the Pink Conference, he'll be here that Sunday. And so he's got just booked him yesterday. So uh, he's coming. And if you want to go to Israel, he's the man to go with. He's the one that took us when we went to Israel and led us on a tour. And there's nobody better to take you. And uh, But... If, you, if you'll fill out one of those papers, fill out that information and just put it back on the table there. There's a, there's a basket right there or something there. We can just place it right there and we'll get your information. Don't put credit card numbers or any of that down there. <laughs> we don't want that. Okay, so um, we began in Genesis last week and we talked about some foundational truths from God's Word about how the family got started and what they're expected to do in this earth. And I want to emphasize this again, that it is vitally important uh, that we all know and understand exactly what the Bible has to say uh, about godly marriages and families and how the, the family unit that God designed ought to be. And this is our default standard, the Word of God. This is where when people say, well, why, why do you believe like that? Because that's what the Bible says. That's not what our pastor said, but that's what the Bible said. Amen? Don't, don't tell them that's what my pastor said, so I believe it. No, you better go to the Word and make sure it's what the Word says. Amen? Because the, the Word of God is the standard, and it's what we base our morality on. And if there's no, if there's no, you know, it's people that, there's, listen, there's people who call themselves moral who have no knowledge of the Bible. And there are people who can be good but have no knowledge of God. And there's going to be a a hell full of people that are good. But the Scripture tells us that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He's the one that said it himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one's going to come to the Father in heaven except through me. And that's the standard that we live by. That's what we believe. And if we're Christians then we have no other, no other place to go for our standard of morality, our plumb line. Our default is always the Bible, the Word of God. Amen? So you need to know that. So anything that has to do with marriage, relationships, 
parenting, you name it, whatever it has to do with a family unit and all that, and there's more, and more than that, the Bible is the standard that we base that on. Amen? So I just want to emphasize that first of all. So if you weren't here last week, sign up and get a CD to get started, and then you'll keep up with it every week. Amen? Let's pray again for the, for the uh, lesson today. Father, I pray that you just... Uh, allow me, anoint me today to deliver the message that you want the people to hear. I pray, Father, that it will come from you, from Holy Spirit, right through me to your, to your body here. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8.29 in the Message Bible. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, yeah, do you have the Message? Do you have the Message version there? Is that it? It says, God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. Uh, he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those, the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. That's what I was talking about earlier in worship. The Passion Translation says it like this in verse 29. It says, For He knew all about us before we were born, born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son this means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him see that's our goal as christians is to become like jesus and that's god's will for our lives for every one of our lives every human being on earth that's god's will for their life it really is i don't care what country you live in what church you go to this is God's will for every person who believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's God's will that we become just like Jesus. Uh, Bobby was a farm kid who went into town to see the circus. And his father gave him a dollar with instructions to spend it wisely. Bobby ran to town, found a roadside spot, and watched amazed as the parade passed before him. As the last clown brought up the end of the parade, Bobby rushed forward, handed the clown his dollar, and raced home to tell everyone about the circus. And that's how it is sometimes in church. We go. We feel good about going. We think we've seen it or heard it all, but we've only seen the parade. The big show happens when we go home. Sure, it's quiet in here. <laughs> and live it out the rest of our days. Church isn't just some place you go. It's something you are. Something you are seven days a week. Amen. A lot, I could get a lot more amen. But that's see, uh, I remember... <laughs> We used to brag about it. I won't. I won't say the church. The church we used to ten years ago, but we used to brag that you don't have. You can be a member and you don't have to go except for Christmas and Easter. We we would brag about that. You can, you're still a member. You just got to go Christmas and Easter. Not that probably wasn't a, a a rule at all. We just we just said that. But church, you're the church, and when I say church, I'm talking about. The church worldwide, the body of Christ, those who are believers in Jesus Christ, that's who I'm talking about when I say church. The church today is not a building. We just come here to meet and be taught, get filled up. It's a filling station. This is where we get 
uh, built up. Our faith gets built up. We learn our, our, our minds receive the Word of God and get it down all the way to your heart. Get it all the way down there. When you go home, after you leave here today, you've heard the Word. It's been, in, it's been imparted into your brain. You've heard it. It's going into your brain. Now you take it home and get it down into your heart and live it out. Live it out. That's what happens to a lot of Christians today is they get saved and then they don't ever participate in anything else the rest of their lives. Amen. That's why when I got, I got saved at 14, and I honestly did, and I know I did. At 14, when I went to a church camp, Carol Etheridge invited me to go to a church camp, a Baptist church camp up at Highland Lakes, and I went there and I got saved. I know I got saved. I knew it. There was a, that was, I had tunnel vision on that speaker that night. I saw no one else but him, and he spoke right to me. It was the Holy Spirit all the way. But I didn't know who that was at the time. But I knew that. But after I came home, well, I had no encouragement. I didn't have anybody encouraging me to continue in that walk. So I didn't grow. I didn't grow at all. And you can do that. And you can still go to heaven. But you're missing out on God's plans and purposes for your life. So I missed out all through those teen years. I had fun because I was with her. We, we had fun together, me and Kim. But we, weren't, we didn't have God. And then when we finally started pursuing after God and chasing after the things of God, everything became like living color, like that NBC peacock. Some of y'all don't even know what that is, but if it was a colored program coming up, the NBC peacock would fan out all those colors. And then you'd know, oh, this is going to be a color show. <laughs> y'all didn't know that's true. That was true, because most of them were black and white. Andy Griffin, oh, man, it was good, but it was black and white. Amen. And, uh, but everything changed, and it'll change for you, too, as well. I'm just, I want to encourage you. He opened yourself up, chased after the things of God. Step into His plan for your life, and everything will change. It really will. Not everything's going to be perfect. Don't, don't, don't miss read me or mishear me on this. Not everything is going to be perfect. But when Kim came home from a Bible study one night, I looked at her and she looked like Moses when he came down off the mountain from that movie you remember seeing and he's glowing. That's who she looked like. I said, well, where have you been? She said, I don't know. What happened? Yeah, I said, what happened to you? She said, I don't know, but I know everything's going to be all right. And from that day on, we've been married 44 years and it is radiant. Amen. It's glorious. And, it, and listen, I'm not somebody special. If God did it for me, He'll do it for you. I want you to know that. He did it for me, He'll do it for you. And I'm not perfect either. I'm not perfect. See my halo? See my halo? Where's my halo? Where is it? There it is. So, and, and God's divine design for all of us, if we're single or if we're family, is to live this life the way He would have desired His Son to live His life on this earth. And the Bible is our blueprint for life. You know what Bible actually stands for? B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I don't know if you ever heard that, but... That's what people use it as. Basic instructions before leaving earth. But listen, you need to know that's where you're going. You're going to stay here 50, 70, 100 years. That's it. 
But you're going to be there for eternity. You need to know something about it. Amen? The reason there's such a breakdown, I believe, today in the family is basically because we've drifted away from the principles that God has established in His Word. We've drifted away from that. We cut corners on the job. Hmm, who does that? We've cut corners in our home, and we cut corners with God. Uh, there was a little girl, Sunday school teacher, asked her a group of children if any of them could quote Psalm 23. Uh, and she said, uh, the 23rd Psalm, and she said, a little four-year-old girl. She raised her hand and she said, teacher, uh, I can do it. And the teacher was a bit skeptical. You know, this is just a four-year-old girl. And she asked, she, she asked her, can you really quote the 23rd Psalm? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, well, go ahead. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. Now, now this is a joke about cutting corners with the Word, but honestly, this, this little four-year-old girl, she had a good understanding of who her shepherd is and what he was all about. I want to you, he's all you need, the shepherd. He's all you need. The truth is, all you really need is the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life 24-7, 365. That's the truth. Church, God has a marvelous design in mind for each of your lives. I know there's pastors say stuff like this to, to their congregations all the time. But I mean it. I mean, listen, I'm not just trying to tickle your ear. I'm trying to get something in you that's going to change. That's going to change you. That you're not going to leave here the same as you came. If I can't do that, I purpose in my heart to do that every week. And if I can't give you something that you could take home and, and, and find some concrete to apply and change some places, some things in your life, some habits, some issues. If I can't help you in that way, then I'm not fulfilling my duties as a pastor. I am the shepherd of this house. I'm the under-shepherd to Him. He's my Lord and Savior. He's my shepherd. But... I'm under his orders and his command and his responsibility. The responsibility to teach the word to you is for me, me and Kim. So let me ask you a question today. He, really, the truth is he, he has not only an individual plan for you, each person in this room, but he has a, a, uh, a plan for your family, a personal plan for your family that's fit for your family how it is each one of us and uh, so the question I want to ask you is and here it is where's the question who is designing your family your life and your family who's designing your life and your family anybody watch HGTV man we, we like to watch that I, I like to watch that but because they can just I mean that uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines from Waco they can just go into an old, worn-down house, I mean, just broken-down, trashed-out house, and see. They get a vision for what they can do with that place. Amen? That's kind of the way God is with your life. He looks at you, some of y'all, <laughs> and He sees the torn-down, run-down house, and He says, we can fix this. I've got a plan if you'll help me, if you'll work with me. See, and Joanne and them get those people to work with them. And come alongside, what do you think about this? And she says, man, I want a computer that will do that. 
I want that software they got because I would like to just put everything in my house like that too and, and have it just automatically do. You snap your fingers and it's done. Amen. So everybody today, they want designer clothes. You want designer jeans and especially those that are ripped all up. Sunglasses. Divine, just divine designer everything. Whatever the divine uh, designer God has for me and my family, that's what I want. Amen? And that's what we should all want. Many families today are settling for far less than what God has for them. You know that. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. Is your life built by your own designs or by God's design? That's a question you need to ask yourself today. Is is your is your family been organized and set up and established on the Word of God or your Word, your authority? And I think in America today we're we're at the we're at the point where we have such a great divide in the concept of family, uh, and and in political areas we're just far right and far left and there's no coming together there's such a divide and it's because we've gotten away from the word of God we've gotten away from what God's plan is for America you know God blessed America because it blessed him in the beginning she blessed him Galatians uh, 2.20 Paul says it like this I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Did you all know that? Did you all know that God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross because He loved you? I mean, Scripture says that. He loved you. And He sent His Son to die for you. He sent His Son to pay the price that you could never pay. The Passion Translation says it like this. I love the Passion Translation. Y'all going to have to go out and buy you one. It says, and it, it only, they only have right now the, the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, and Isaiah. Isaiah is available now, but Passion Translation says, says it like this. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of His cross crucified me with Him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the Anointed One lives His life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered. You need to realize that. Your new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that He gave Himself for me and dispenses His life into mine. Wow. That's powerful. Just go home and read that about a hundred times. And get that. Get that in your spirit. Living by... The faith of the Son of God means we live by God's design. Amen. Ephesians 2.10, the Amplified, it says this. It says, for, for Alan is God's handiwork. Oh, it just, but I put my name there. Put your name in this. Make it personal to yourself. His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Why? That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand, for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. Who wants the good life? Without the course. 
Is that the one? That, Miller, Miller's Good Life. Was that the one? Anybody even know? I forgot. Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Do you realize, do you realize that your life was planned out for you? God already knew how it was going to turn out when you were still in your mother's womb. I mean, that's the concept that's just, people just, no, come on. But that's what God says. That's what his word says. Listen, people, the truth is, if you're going to believe part of the Bible, you've got to believe it all. If you're a Christian, that's your default. That's where you go. Amen. Amen. How many of you here today want the good life? You know Jesus died so you could have a good life? He did. He did. So let the divine master designer lead you. By the way, that word workmanship in this verse comes from the Greek word poema. And it's referring to something that's been made such, such as like a manufactured product by an artisan. Um, a design produced by the master designer himself. Mankind is a creation like no other. You, you can see that. Look at us. None of us look alike. Some twins every now and then. But we're all different. We all got, we all got different personalities, different thumbprints. Uh, everything's different about each one of us, unique in, in every way. But before we were saved, and you could probably testify to this, everybody in here, your life, before you were saved, your life had no rhyme or reason. You were headed nowhere. Amen. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then allow him also to be a master of our lives, the master, only then are we living in the place. Only then will we live in the place of abundance, balance, and order. In a sense, we are God's poem, his work of art. We can't take any credit for the design itself. But we can find joy in living by God's design in carrying out those acts of love that He's prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. I heard I heard people I've heard people say that it's a hard, it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a Christian, and I want to say it's harder on your flesh not to be a Christian. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've been rough on ourselves before we found God. Amen. But I want to tell you something. He's renewing you daily. Amen. <laughs> when you hear, when you hear the testimonies of people of the before and after, you see the difference. You can see the difference uh, that that God makes in people's lives. His divine design for our lives is what we were all predestined to live. It was all planned out. We just got to step into it. It's not going to happen without your cooperation. You know, that people get this predestinated. God always knew what it was going to be. Yes, He does. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it always doesn't turn out that way if we don't cooperate. It's a co op. Listen, we died. It was a co, it was a co crucifixion. It's a co op in living too, in living it out with God. Amen? We were crucified with Christ, but we also live with Christ, and He lives through us. Amen? Some of us have just been on the wrong path. You just see yourself, you've just been on the wrong path. 
Let's get on the right path. We've allowed other things and other influences to lead us down other paths in our lives. But listen, I don't want you getting down on yourself for the past. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't get down on yourself about your past. Nobody's going to judge you here about your past. Not in this church. We're not going to do that. Nobody judges you because of your past. Because everybody's been down that road a time or two. Amen? Amen. And it's never too late to step into the, the, to the designed plan that God has for you. Notice I, I said you must step into it. You must step into the divine plan for your life. Or it won't, it's not going to just happen. It's not going to just unfold just because you come to the altar and you get saved. There's some parts that you have to play. You're going to heaven, yeah. You're going to heaven, but God wants you to live out your plan on this earth. And don't miss out on the things that He has for you. It takes perseverance. It takes willingness. Willingness. It takes diligence on your part. A divine, designed life will not just fall into your lap. It's work, but it's worth it. It's not only worth it for you and your family today, but for future generations to come. Have you thought about that? That's where I think the church today has messed up so bad is because we haven't taught the generations over the generations. We've allowed the, the worldliness to creep in and, and push aside the things of God. And then we don't want to speak about it in public because people think, oh, that's, they're a Christian. They don't, they don't have all the marbles up here. And we're ashamed of it or something. But listen. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to be bold about what we believe in. Amen? Here's a great point. You may not have real, ever realized this, but your family is a tool. And it's designed to carry God's power, His presence, and His love to the world around you. When a family is healthy and operating according to the divine design of God, it becomes a powerful force that can tear down walls, and break through barriers. Amen. It can heal, restore, inspire, and motivate others. Can you see this? God intended for the family unit to be a dominant force in the earth. Just as God rules in the spirit realm, His earthly family is designed to rule in the natural realm. Spirit-led. Spirit-led life. That's what God's called all of us to live. A born-again Christians, uh, as born-again Christians, we carry His power and authority along with His presence with us wherever we go. Wherever we go. He's with us. His power is with us. Hey, you, you have to know that. I've got five steps I want to... You might write these down. Five steps to God's divine design for your life. You want to know how to do it and how to have God's design for your life? These are just five. There's probably a ton of them. I'm just going to give you five this morning. And you might just want to write these. They're real short. Number one, decide to change. You've, you've got to make a decision. You've got to come to that place where you decide to make a change. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15 says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity, that fear of the Lord is just mean to reverence Him, to give Him reverence. Don't be afraid of Him, but to reverence Him. 
serve Him just like you feared your daddy. You know, you know, you you know your daddy loved you, but you didn't want to get that spanking, so you you had a reverence for Him. Fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And verse 15 says, and if, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, Joshua said, and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make a decision. Make a decision. You have to come to that place and make a decision. Number two, get your priorities right. Get your priorities right. Proper priorities. Somebody said this. I don't know who it was. Proper priority promises powerful potential. Amen. I told somebody this morning, I've got to get a patent on that. It just came to me one time. Seek God. Matthew 6.33 says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek Him first. Above everything else, put Him number one. I don't know where he is on your list right now, but put him number one. First. He's got to be first. Proper priority promises powerful potential. Number three, pray for God's guidance and direction. Do you believe that if you ask God to give you guidance and direction, that he would? Certainly. If you ask, the Scripture says, there's a promise in there. It says, if you ask anything in my name, you shall have it. And this is one of them. He'll give it to you. He'll lead you. Give Him a chance to speak to you. If you don't hear something in five seconds, most of the time we just give up. God will speak to you. Give Him a chance. Never pray. Never pray a prayer that you don't expect to hear the answer. Always expect the answer. Expect an answer from God because He answers. He talks to us. You won't hear that audible voice, but you'll hear it in your spirit. Amen. Philippians 3.14, it says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We haven't arrived, none of us in here, but we left. Amen. And we press toward that goal. Uh, Psalm 119, 133 says, Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Amen. Now, Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. Did I have a, trans, uh, a passion translation before that? Go back. I'm sorry. I missed it. Is that the... Yeah, prepare me, prepare before me a path filled with your promises, and don't allow even one sin to have dominion over me. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, listen, people. I, I tell people it's, it's so hard to read Leviticus, but don't discount it. But but read Psalms, and read the letters in the New Testament, the epistles. Those are good, and. It's, it's just that's if you haven't read the Bible much, that's where you need to go to get some some good stuff, some good meat, and read it over and over and over. It's good. And these psalms, by allowing Scripture to order or direct your steps, you guarantee positive, long-lasting results. Amen.
Always get a promise from God in His Word. Number four, stay in the fight. Don't quit. First Timothy 6, 11, and 12 says this. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life on lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31 says this. Read it. Uh, read it. What do we have? New King James, go ahead and read it. You got that? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. I got it. I got a picture of this. The the passion. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you ever gotten tired of the journey, and you just want to quit, and you just want to drop your arms? We get weary, but we do we as we begin to just worship. I want to tell you. Uh, turn your worship, turn your worry into worship. Somebody said that yesterday. Turn your worry into worship. Just begin to praise and your hands will be lifted up. Uh, the the uh, Passion Translations for Isaiah 40 says this. Don't you know, haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even young people faint and get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. Amen. Amen. Just some good promises from God in His Word. Amen. Number five. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the radiant journey. That's one of my favorite words. Radiant journey. Y'all, when you leave here, go out and ask Siri. I'll tell you what he says. I'll tell you what she says. Ask Siri what, what radiant means. But it, here's what it means. As an adjective, it is this. And it, it just astounded me when I, when I did it. Sending out light. This radiant journey as a Christian is to be sending out light. Shining or glowing brightly. Amen. I want to tell you something. I'm just crazy. But, and y'all might know that. (laughs) I had a a lady that came to church for the first time, and then she told me later, she started coming back. She came back several times, and then finally she told me, she says, well, I, I decided to stay. You were just so goofy. At first, that I didn't know if this is the place I needed to be or not. And some of y'all may be thinking that too this morning. But she said, after I stayed and I kept coming back, I began to get used to your goofiness. And I, I saw the richness of who you are. I, I'm glad she stuck because I am goofy. I'm crazy. I'm goofy. But I want to tell you this. I, I want to tell you this because it might help some of y'all. And you might think, oh, who does he think he is? You may think I'm bragging or something, but I'm not. I, listen, I don't need to brag. <laughs> I'm who God made me to be. 
I go, when I go into the post office or I go into HEB, I'm going in there as a tool for God. I got things, I'm going in there with a list of what I got to get. But I'm also there of who he's got to put me in contact with. And I do some ministry. Y'all might see me sometime praying for somebody in an aisle in HEB, but I'm not going to hold back when I do. I won't, now I'm not going to make a fool of myself down the aisle eight. You know, I'm not. But, but I'm going to talk to somebody. If, if the Holy Spirit impresses upon me to talk to somebody and minister to somebody or, or tells me that person just needs encouraging, I'm going to do it. And we all should be that way. We all should be ready. When God needs to use us, and we might be the only vessel in H-E-B at the moment that he can use. And that person's there when you're there. Now's the time. And be sure and put your basket up when you go to your car. Because <laughs> I'll be watching. <laughs> even if it's raining. Even if it's raining. Go put it up. Somebody got to put it up. Why not you? <laughs> Nehemiah 8.10 says this. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. Amen. Man, I don't, I, I don't know why I'm happy all the time, but I am. Because i got the joy of the Lord in me. Uh, there are moments when I get down, but I get right up. Come on. I got the joy of the Lord in me, and I want everybody to know it. I don't care. Amen. <laughs> it's your strength. Uh, that, that also said a radiant. It says, it says uh, of a person or their expression, says clearly emanating great joy, love, or health. And, uh, an emotion, as an emotion, Radiant means emanating powerfully from someone or something very intense and conspicuous. They ought to know you're a Christian. When, you're, when you get saved, and I told them this at the funeral the other day at the graveside, I said, it's a radiant journey. This life in Christ is a radiant journey. It ought to be glowing. We ought to be the happiest people on earth. When, they, when we come into a place, it ought to wake everybody up. <laughs> I used to go in Tiger Toad. A long time ago, and all those guys would sit over there by the window at the, you know, drinking coffee, all these older men, and they'd say, here come the pastor, watch your mouth. <laughs> the, the whole atmosphere of the room changed when I come in. They were cussing and stuff, and they said, what, don't cuss, here's the pastor. So you was cussing right before God walked, before I walked in. They didn't think about that. Amen. When you're full of joy and have a good attitude, you keep yourself strong. Ain't got time for sickness. Ain't got time for that. Amen. I started getting sick again. You know, I told was it last week I told you I was starting to feel sick? I was starting to feel these little flu symptoms or something coming on me. And I told Kim, I went to bed that night. She had already gone to bed. And I went to bed. When I laid down, I said, Devil, I ain't got time for this. You get out of my body right now in Jesus' name. And I woke up the next day healed. I didn't have no symptoms anymore. And it, it tried to come back. It tried to come back on me a few days ago. I said, no, I ain't got time for this, devil. I ain't got time. And you're illegal in my body. Get out of here in Jesus' name. You've got to fight it. You can't just say, oh, I'm getting the blue. I'm going to lay, and go lay down. 
It's because you're going to get it for sure. You're going to have it as long as you can keep babying it. Oh, mama, bring me something. I'm sick. Well, you just, you just received it. Amen. But you tell it to get out. I don't. Let me, let me tell you. People think, oh, you can't do that. It's not real. It is to me. It is to God. That's what his word says. That mountain move. You speak to that mountain and make it move. I do. <laughs> yeah. Come on, people. This faith is real. This faith is real. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm, no, I'm nobody special. It's God. He's the one doing it. Amen. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. Amen. I don't want to ask you to come forward today. I'm not going to do that. But here's what I want you to do. Right where you are, I want you to just reach and grab a family member. If you're sitting with a family member, just just lay a hand on them right beside you, right there where you're at. We don't want to stand up or anything. I just want us to I want us to come together as a family. Everybody connect. Everybody connect. Adam, get over there with Diane or somebody. Get get over there. Or Diane, come to him, one or the other. Get with somebody. Don't be alone. Get with somebody. Hold somebody's hand. There's, get Ronnie over there. There you go. Connect with somebody. I'm going to pray. I want to pray for the families of Maranatha and you people who are here. Maybe you're just here visiting today, but I want to pray for everybody that's here. And uh, I want everybody to touch someone else. And we're going to pray this prayer. Now listen, before I pray, I want you to be, I want you to expect God to begin to make those changes in you. And when we pray this prayer right now, God's going to supernaturally impart into you the go, the go to get it done. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? God's going to impart to you the power. It comes from Him. Father, I thank You that today You've called us here today for a purpose. It's all by Your design, Your divine design. Thank You, Father, that today individuals and families are making the decision to change. That today they are committing to serve You above everything else. Placing You number one in their life and in their homes. And Father, I pray that You lead them and guide them by Your Holy Spirit to do and be all that You designed them to be as individuals and as families of God. Father, may they daily ask for and receive supernatural strength to stay in the fight and never quit. May they worship You and know the joy of life in Christ. May they begin to experience that radiant journey and the love, the joy, the peace, and the power of a life submitted to Your will, Your purpose, and Your divine design. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at that. Twelve o'clock. Woohoo! I never know... I never know how long the sermons are going to be, but they just work out. Hey, man, God's so good. He loves me, you know. He's got my picture in his billfold. He does. He's got yours in there, too. He's got a big billfold, yeah. Amen. That's a good God. Okay, here's what we do at the end of the services. I always, we invite our prayer team to come. Where's the prayer team? Get, get up here. We have different people. Every week we have some different ones that come. We have a, a group that is, that is appointed to be in our altar ministry. Now, here's what they know. 
Here's what these people know how to do. It's not that they're just some super saints or anything. They're just like you and I. But we pray. When we pray for people, we don't put our opinion in there. We say, let's see what God says about your situation. And then we ask God to give us revelation or insight into what we need to pray about. You come, if you want, to, if you want prayer for anything, we're going to dismiss.